morning I want to talk about comfort. Uh, comfort is one of those things that, that kind of is almost synonymous with Christmas, right? That's what we think of. We think of the family gathered around and the tree and, and presents and wrapped up in warm blankets, even though you might not need that here in Southern California. Uh, we think of hot chocolate. We think of these, these comfort things. What do you think of when you think of comfort? Family, friends, security. This past week, this past year, I've learned how fragile comfort can be. I think all of us have kind of learned that a little bit this year with the fires that we had in in, uh, in the northern part of Orange here. This past week, learned that a little bit with the fires uh, happening down south as uh, we had family evacuated uh, because of the fires. And, and it was very interesting for me to think of how much that threatened my comfort. Uh, one of the places, one of the groups of people that was evacuated was my in-laws. And, and uh, the in-laws place down in Fraubrook is one of the places that every year we go at Christmas. And we all gather around the big table. And, and to think of, of that and, and not having that was very unsettling, very disturbing. And it made me start to ask some questions about comfort and what comfort really is. You know, another one of the pictures that uh, goes along with the Four Freedom speech uh, where the picture by Norman Rockwell, where he, he shared freedom from fear. If we could have that up here, we have this, this beautiful picture of parents uh, tucking their kids into bed. And, and if that isn't a picture of comfort, I don't know what is. You know, kids watched over while they sleep. And I don't know about you, but, but for me, that's the kind of comfort that I want. Comfort of knowing that, that everything's going to be okay because I've got somebody watching over me, somebody looking after me. And Franklin uh, Delano Roosevelt's speeches, he talked about these freedoms that we desire, these freedoms that we want as Americans, and they were ideals, not the world as it actually is, but the world as we would hope that it would be. And that rang true for me this past week. Is that something that rings true for you as well? Uh, that we long for comfort, we hope for comfort like this, and yet we know that it can be just a little bit elusive. Uh, the thing that I think we may have forgotten in all of our holly jolly Christmases is that Christ came for comfort, for comfort for you, for comfort for me, uh, to give us hope in the face of unsettling and disconcerting circumstances. Jesus came for comfort. And we, we get all dressed up and we pretend to be holly and jolly as if that's what we need to be at Christmas. But Christmas is for comfort. Jesus is for comfort. And if you don't believe me, these words are, are hidden. This idea is hidden in almost every one of our Christmas carols and hymns. I'd like to share some of those lyrics with you now. The weary world rejoices. 
Fear and sorrow causes us to be weary, and in weariness we need comfort from the song, O Holy Night, and close the path to misery. Jesus comes for comfort. O come, O come, Emmanuel. The hopes and fears of all the years are met in thee tonight, O little town of Bethlehem. In Jesus we find comfort. Born that man no more shall die, born to raise the sons of earth, hark the herald angels sing. What beautiful comfort in those words. He comes to make his blessings flow far as the curse is found. Joy to the world. Comfort is only necessary in the presence of sorrow and fear. And so Jesus comes to a broken world to bring comfort. Words from Isaiah chapter 40. Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and proclaim to her that her hard service has been completed, that her sin has been paid for, that she have received double from the Lord's hand, double for all her sins. A voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be raised up, every mountain and hill made low, though the rough ground shall become level, the rugged places a plain. And the glory of the Lord will be revealed, and all people will see it together, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. A voice says, cry out, and I said, what shall I cry? All people are like grass, and their faithfulness is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers and the flowers fall, because the breath of the Lord blows on them. Surely the people are grass. The grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of our God endures forever. You who bring good news to Zion, go up on a high mountain. You who bring good news to Jerusalem, lift up your voice with a shout. Lift it up and do not be afraid. Say to the towns of Judah, here is your God. See the sovereign Lord comes with power and he rules with a mighty arm. See his reward is with him and his recompense accompanies him. He tends his flock like a shepherd and he gathers the lambs in his arms and he carries them close to his heart, and he gently leads those that have young. Such an interesting turn of events here in Isaiah chapter 40. Uh, in Isaiah chapter 6, Isaiah gets the worst message of any preacher of all time. He gets the message from God to go and say to this people, and you as parents have all done this, right? Right? When your kids are misbehaving, you say to your, your husband, your wife, go and tell your son, your daughter. And at the beginning of Isaiah, that's how it starts out. Go and tell this people. But here, God changes and he says, comfort, comfort my people. And it's such a beautiful message as it's, it's turned. And what I hear in these, these words is a foreshadowing of what's to come at Christmas. And what I hear in these words is, you know, one of the things that they tell teachers or, or parents with little kids is that when you're talking to kids, you don't talk at them. 
Rather, you get down on their level and you look at them in the eye and you speak to them in a way that they can hear you, that you know, that they know that you're talking to them. And so that's what I hear and I see our God doing as he says these beautiful words, comfort, comfort my people. As he's foreshadowing what he's ultimately going to do in his son Jesus, in his son Jesus, where he draws close to look us in the eye, to see us in our suffering, to see us in our sorrow, to see us in our pain. And he's saying to us, I see you. I feel your pain, I feel your misery, and I am here to bring you comfort. I am not far, I am not distant. I am at hand. So the question that this brings to my mind is, is okay, what does this mean for, for me at Christmas time? And how do I apply this incredible message of comfort that God brings to us, to me at Christmas, to my life, and, and, and how I live out this Christmas season? First of all, the politicians love the myth of progress. The one that Franklin Delano Roosevelt mentioned, uh, the idea that if we just keep working, all of a sudden we're going to achieve this utopian world. But what this means, what the message of Christmas means, is that an intervention by God was necessary. The creator of all the universe had to step into his creation and become frail and vulnerable in order to bring an end to evil. And the infant born in a manger, we find a no to evil and a yes to you and me. But to bring it a little bit closer to home, what does that mean for, for my life and how I live out Christmas? And what that means for me is that Christmas isn't about me and about me creating the perfect Christmas because we all try and do that at least once or twice, twice in our life, right? I remember the first time I tried to do it, I got a job right out of college that was really good. And so I, I went out and I shopped and I thought I got the, the perfect gifts for everyone in my family. I was so excited. And then we had the family meltdown around the Christmas tree, as kids usually do. Anybody witness one of those? Yeah, we thought we got this perfect Christmas. I got everybody the gifts that they just want and it still didn't work. That brings us to the next point. Christmas isn't about the gifts. And sometime in the middle of all those gifts, we'll miss the real gift of Christmas. And that is the gift of God's Son for you and for me. That's the real gift. That's the real comfort. That's the real thing that Christmas is all about. And so that means for me that in my Christmas preparations i got to think about, how do I make sure that, that Jesus doesn't get lost in all the tinsel and the string? That we remember that it's about Jesus, a baby born in a manger, God in human flesh. And that's a thing that you've got to work out when you know, you're shopping for Barbies and bicycles and all that sort of stuff. But how do you do that? I encourage you to, to think about that this Christmas season, how do you highlight Jesus? And then I think another message, uh, all that stuff about the grass withering, but the, the word of the Lord 
standing. It's a reminder that, that God is faithful even when we aren't. And so this Christmas, that's my hope. No matter what happens with your Christmas celebrations that you would remember, no matter what you're going through or what you're dealing with, my hope is that you remember that God is faithful. And whether you get the right gifts or the tree set up on time or the lights up on the out of the side of the house or not, that God is faithful and God still comes at Christmas. And then maybe here's a question to challenge you, something to think about. What do you run to for comfort? Uh, when work isn't going the way it, you would like it to, when um, there's fires on the horizon, uh, when a family member is sick, uh, when a relationship is broken and not going the way that you want it to, where do you run for comfort? And maybe, just maybe there's a better place to run. I'm going to leave you with this thought, with this hope. That, that maybe just hopefully in the midst of all the, the busy and the frantic and the joyful preparations, that you'll take a moment to pause. To pause in the midst of this busy season and remember the incredible, powerful message of the Christmas story that Mark wrote at the beginning of his gospel. And I know what you guys are all thinking. I'm looking at the, the message here in the gospel of Mark, the Christmas story in the gospel of Mark, and this is not a Christmas story. There's no stable, there's no shepherds, there's no angels. What do you mean a Christmas story? From Mark chapter 1, beginning at verse 1. The beginning of the good news about Jesus, the Messiah, the Son of God, as it is written in Isaiah the prophet. I will send my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way. A voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight paths for him. And so John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness, preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. The whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem went out to him, confessing their sins. They were baptized by him in the Jordan River. John wore clothing made of camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist. Yea, locusts and wild honey. And this was his message. After me comes one more powerful than I, the straps of whose sandals I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. And I know what you're thinking. That doesn't sound like a Christmas message. All the usual things that we think of when we think of Christmas are missing. And that's exactly the point. Those first words there that, that Mark began with, the beginning of the good news about Jesus. See, that's the Christmas message that we sometimes miss. Christmas is the beginning of the good news about Jesus. The temptation to wrap up the, the message and the hope and the comfort of Christmas is when Christmas is done, when the 12 days of Christmas are over, is to pack that all up and get on to real life. 
And that's exactly when the message of Jesus is most important for us. In the humdrum of real life, when we get back to reality, that's when the hope of Christmas is especially important to us. And the message of Christmas is that our God is with us, that he is for us, and he comes to bring us comfort in the everyday things of our lives. And that the story of Christmas is still unfolding. In fact, that's the message of the entire Gospel of Mark. It's the beginning. God continues to tell His story with us and through us. The message of God goes on. The message of Christmas continues on in our lives. As God continues to write His story of comfort and hope. And we as people long for the day when all those things we sing at Christmas will all finally and powerfully come true when Jesus comes back again. When he comes to reign and make his blessings flow far as the curse is found. Our comfort is found in Jesus. Amen.